السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وله All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time and Alhamdulillah, we're still busy with our third treatise, the end of it. And the author, he says, اِعْلَمْ أَرْشَدَكَ اللَّهُ لِطَاعَتِهِ أَنَّ الْحَنَفِيَّةَ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمِ أَنْ تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ وَحْدَهُ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينِ وَبِذَلِكَ أَمَرَ اللَّهُ جَمِيعِ النَّاسِ وَخَلَقَهُمْ لَهَا كَمَا قَالَ تَعْلَى So the author, he says that, no. Right? I'lam. And remember we mentioned this in the first lesson that whenever the author or basically in any book that you are going to read and they bring the word I'lam, then know the next part or what's coming after this is something of extra importance. So he says that may Allah grant you the ability to obey him. And again we see the style of the author is that he tends to make dua for the person that is reading the book. And he says, May Allah grant you the ability to obey him. And he carries on and he says that, Anna The religion of Nabi Ibrahim. This is not the Hanafi madhab. Right? Speaking about the manhaj, the religion of Nabi Ibrahim. Is that you worship Allah alone. Make the religion sincerely, yani solely for him. This is what Allah ordered all of mankind to do. And this is the purpose for which he created them, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. And we will come to this verse a bit later. And like I mentioned, this is still part of the third treatise. So Sheikh says, "Anna al-Hanafiyyata millata Ibrahim." That this is the way of Nabi Ibrahim, and it is wajib, it is compulsory on all of us that we know the way of Nabi Ibrahim, as his way was that of Tawheed, and as we know that all the Anbiya. They all came with the same message. Nabi Isa, Nabi Musa, they never came with a different message. They all called to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And the word Hanif, in the Arabic language, means inclination. To incline to something. And in the Sharia, it means it is turning away from shirk towards tawheed. So you see the link between the linguistic meaning and the shari'i meaning. Linguistically it means to incline to something. Sharia, it means to turn away, to incline to tawheed and move away from shirk. And Nabi Ibrahim, he was hanif and Muslim, and he was a caller to Tawheed, to worship Allah and Allah alone. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillahi hanifaw wa lam yaku minal mushrikeen. That indeed Nabi Ibrahim was an ummah. Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan. That he was an ummah, meaning a leader having all the good, righteous qualities. Qanitan lillahi hanifa. Or he was a nation obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hanifan. Worshiping none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Walam yaku minal mushrikeen. And he was not one of those who were al mushrikun. People that ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this verse is explaining the qualities of Nabi Ibrahim. First of all, Allah says that Nabi Ibrahim, he was like an ummah. He was a man, he was a leader. And he had all the good qualities of a leader. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qanitan lillah, the second one. That what was he? He was obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then thirdly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes him and what does Allah say? Hanifan. That he worshipped Allah and Allah alone. And then the fourth quality, Allah says that he was not of the mushrikun. People that ascribe partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here we see the tafsir of Ibn Kathir. He mentions and he says that Nabi Ibrahim, he was the slave and the messenger, he was the Khalil, he was the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam al-Hunafa, that he was the imam of the people that were righteous, he was the imam of the people that were worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And he was the father of the Ambiya. Whenever they speak about Nabi Ibrahim, what do they say? Abu Al-Ambiya. That he was the father of the Ambiya. وَيُبَرِّئُهُ مِنَ الشِّرْكِ And he was far, far away from ascribing partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also he was far away from the Yahud and the Nasara. And then he brings the verse again, Inna Ibrahim kana ummatan qanitan lillahi hanifa. Fa'amma al-ummah, as for the word ummah, fahuwa al-imamu alladhi yuqtadha bihi, that he was the imam of the people. Wal-qanitu huwa al-khashi'u muti'u, that he had khashiyah, he had fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالْحَنِيفُ مُنْحَرِفُ قَصْدًا عَنِ الشِّرْكِ Right? مُنْحَرِف إِنْحِرَاف Right? Have you heard this word before? They say that this person is a مُنْحَرِف That is someone that's involved in bad things. So he says that he's making إِنْحِرَاف قَصْدًا عَنِ الشِّرْكِ That his intention is to leave off shirk. And where is he going to? 
إلى التوحيد to توحيد ولهذا قال and this is why Allah ends the verse by saying وَلَمْ يَكُوا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ and he was not of the mushrikeen then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says with regards to Nabi Ibrahim again ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ أَنِتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفَةً وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ So here we're going to see a pattern in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on more than one occasion, this is now the second verse, where Allah says that He is حَنِيفًا and وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَمْ يَكُ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ that he is not of those people that ascribes partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا And then we inspired you, O Muhammad. ثُمَّ أَوْحَيْنَا So now Allah is speaking to the Messenger of Allah. And indeed we have inspired you, or then we inspired you, إِلَيْكَ أَنِتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمِ That whose path must you follow? The path of Nabi Ibrahim. Because why? Who is Nabi Ibrahim? Hanifan. He is someone that is monotheist. That he is a monotheist. He worships Allah and Allah alone. Wama kana min al mushrikin. And take note, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Nabi Ibrahim is not of those people that ascribe partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he carries on. And he says, مَا كَانَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ يَهُودِيًّا وَلَا نَصْرَانِيًّا وَلَكِنْ كَانَ حَنِيفًا مُسْلِمًا وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ It's the third verse. All three different places in the Quran. This is in Surah Ali Imran. That indeed Nabi Ibrahim, he was neither a Jew, nor was he a Christian, but he was a true Muslim. حَنِيفًا Worshipped Allah and Allah alone. And he was not of the mushrikun. So my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is the way of Nabi Ibrahim. And this is the way, this is the methodology, this is the manhaj that we follow as well. That it is the way of Tawheed and against shirk. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هُوَ اجْتَبَاكُمْ وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ مِلَّةَ أَبِيكُمْ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ هُوَ سَمَّاكُمُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ That He has chosen you. Who chose you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen you to convey His message of Islamic monotheism to mankind by inviting them to the deen of Islam and has not laid upon you in religion any hardship وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ There is no hardship in deen. The deen of Islam is what type of deen? It is a deen of yusr. It is a deen of ease. But ease in what way? Right? We need to define ease because in today's time People's definition of ease and easiness is different. The Prophet, peace be upon him, when it was time to be easy, he was easy. When it was time that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa was severe, he was severe. 
So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He describes the companions, what does He say? Ruhamau baynahum. That amongst them, they had mercy. But to the kuffar, what were they? Ashiddahu ala al-kuffar. They were severe against the kuffar. And this was in the time of when? The time of war, when they were fighting them. So in the time of war, you cannot, Assalamu alaikum, how you, you know, come for a cup of tea. No, then it's war. But if it's not piladu harb, if it's not in a place of war, and you have a non-Muslim neighbor, like we mentioned last week, we went through this in detail. Right? It takes different things. But like that, Islam is not a religion of doom and gloom. Some people, they portray Islam to be a deen like this. That you know, you must be serious. You cannot smile. No. Like we said, there's a time and a place for everything. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Millata abikum Ibrahim. That this, this is the religion of your father, Ibrahim. Muslimin, who has named you Muslims. He's not named you Kuffar. He's not named you Christian or a Jew or a Buddhist. But we have the name, the title of a Muslim. So here we see that Nabi Ibrahim, he was known as Abu al-Anbiya, the father of all the Anbiya. Secondly, he was the best after who? After Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the best prophet was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then after him was Abu al-Anbiya, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam. The next point, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, is an extremely important point. It is not sufficient for us to claim that we are Muslim only. Right? What are you a Muslim? Okay, khalas. Next minute afterwards, it's making to to other than Allah. Next minute after this, it's giving that attributes to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That's not for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that's why many of the ulama and our contemporary scholars that like the likes of Sheikh Albani, Sheikh Uthaymin and others, they have said it is important, it is extremely important that yes, we are Muslim, but that you need to clarify this, that I am a Muslim upon the understanding of who? Of the pious predecessors, of the Salafu Salih of this Ummah. If I were to ask a Shia, are you Muslim? What's he going to say, yes or no? He's going to say what? He's going to say yes. But he calls unto Ali. He makes sub of the Sahaba. This is far from the Sunnah. So this is why one needs to clarify. And who is the Salaf al-Salih? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned and he says, خَيْرُ النَّاسِ وَخَيْرُ أُمَّةِ قَرْنِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ He said this thrice. That the best of the people, خَيْرُ النَّاسِ The best of people is my generation. 
meaning the companions. And then the generation after them. And who came after the companions? Who? The? The Tabi'een. And who came after them? The Atba'u Tabi'een. So this was, you know, people, they like to speak about the golden years and the golden era. This was the golden era of Islam. This was the cream of the crop. In this you found the likes of Umar, Abu Bakr, Talha, Zubair, Ali, Fatima, Aisha. May Allah be pleased with all of them and all the companions. And after them, who did you find? You, find the, you found the likes of Imam Abu Hanifa, of Malik ibn Anas, of Muhammad Idris al-Shafi, of the, the, the likes of Imam al-Bukhari, of Imam, <coughs> Imam al-Zuhri. Awza'i, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Abdullah ibn Mubarak. These are names that we hear all the time. These are names that we see. And these are the people that we look up to. And this is the deen that they taught us and this is the deen that we want to be upon. So it, it is not sufficient Oh, I am a Muslim and khalas. And never be fooled by certain groups or certain methodologies in today's time. No, but we are all one. We are all one. I must be one with someone that swears the, the mother of the believers. I must be one with someone that curses the companions. I must be one and share a platform with someone that says Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is hadir and nadir. That he sees and he hears everything. This doesn't make sense. Because this is not the call of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was not the call of Nabi Ibrahim, Abu al-Anbiya. What was the call? The call was to worship one Allah and one Allah alone. The call of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was to take the slaves out of worshipping mankind but to rather worship the Lord of mankind. That was the job. And this is the job. As the hadith says, Al-ulama warathatul anbiya That the ulama, that the scholars, they are the heirs of the anbiya. So if the Anbiya were calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Anbiya was and they were calling to Tawheed then what shouldn't the job be of the ulama and the du'at and the students of knowledge? To call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or to call to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's to call to Allah. To worship Allah and to worship Allah alone. And the next point this or that we need to study and we need to know what this deen is all about. These two points, they go hand in hand. It's one thing to claim that I am a Muslim upon the understanding of the pious predecessors. And this is the way that I follow. But you never learn. You never attend durus. You never sit with the ulama. You never sit with the students of knowledge. You're not involved 
in the circles of knowledge. How are you going to learn your deen? How are you going to know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Qur'an? When He addresses us in the Qur'an? How are you going to know that there is a difference when Allah speaks about Ya ayyuhan nas and Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu? How are we going to know this? If we don't sit and we don't take our time to learn the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the author, he says, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ Is that the religion or that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهُ That you worship who? You worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَحْدَهُ Alone. مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ Making this deen sincerely and solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is our ibadah. That we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the intention of being sincere. That you need to be sincere. You must have ikhlas. And two matters that needs to be combined. Number one is worship. You cannot have worship without sincerity. And you cannot be sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but not worship Him. The two of that goes together. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And that they were commanded not but that they worship Allah. What type, how must they worship Allah? Sincerely. You cannot make salah. You cannot fast in the month of Ramadan. You cannot do any act of ibadah. But there's no ikhlas. There's no sincerity. This will lead to what on the day of Qiyamah? Habitat amalu. That your deeds will be what? Null and void. And... I'm not sure if it was in this class or in one of the other classes. We, we discussed and we did the lengthy hadith of Abu Hurairah. That he narrates that three people on the day of Qiyamah, they're going to come. Was it in this class? No. Right, inshallah, at the end of the class, if this time, I will narrate this hadith. Bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. And then he says, the author, وَبِذَلِكَ أَمَرَ اللَّهُ جَمِيعُ النَّاسِ وَخَلَقَهُمْ لَهَا كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى So with this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, and this is going back to worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. That Allah has commanded the whole of mankind. See, now this word nas comes. And not, Mu'minun. So this is to the whole of humanity. From the time of Adam until the last person to walk on the face of the earth. وَخَلَقَهُمْ لَهَا That he وَخَلَقَهُمْ And he created them for this. And we can كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى As Allah says and we're going to come to the verse a bit later. So my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded the whole of mankind to worship us. Not only the Arabs, 
Not only the non-Arabs. Islam didn't only come to the Quraysh. And this is one of the blessings that were given to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That many of the Anbiya, they were sent, or all the Anbiya, they were sent for what? To their specific qawm, to their specific people. But Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says that Allah has given me five things that he has not given any other prophet. And one of those five things was that I was sent to Amatun Nas. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he says that he was sent to the whole of humanity. To the whole of humanity. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also he mentions and he says, Ya ayyuha nasu ubudu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakun alladhi ja'ala lakum al-arda firasha wal-samaa binaa wa-anzala minas samaa imaa fa-akhraja bihi minas thamarati rizqan lakum fala taj'alu lillahi andada وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Ya ayyuhal nas, u'budu. He says, O mankind, worship your Lord, who created you, and those who came before you, so that you may become al-muttaqoon. And, I always say that, the word taqwa, when do we always hear this word a lot? When? When? Okay, Iman and Taqwa. If I'm looking more specifically, right, that's correct. If I'm looking more specifically for the month. In when? In Ramadan. Right. In Ramadan, you always hear this word Taqwa comes over and over again. But who are the Muttaqun? What does this word taqwa mean? So if I were to ask in the class, what is taqwa? What will you say? Now, Afwan? A shield. Okay, that is the linguistic meaning. From the word wiqaya. But the shari'i meaning. What does the word taqwa mean in the sharia? To be conscious of Allah. Taib. Fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. Of the best definitions that that I came across is the definition of Ali radiallahu an where he says At-taqwa huwa khawful jali. It is to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wal-amalu bitanzil. And to do actions and to fulfill that which Allah has sent down. Yani the Quran and the Sunnah. So to practice upon the Quran and the Sunnah. And he says the third one, to be content with a little. You have a lot, alhamdulillah. But if you have a little, alhamdulillah times ten. Alhamdulillah times 20. Because someone that has a lot, it's easy for him to say Alhamdulillah, correct? 
Someone has a lot of money, has a lot of food, has a beautiful house, beautiful family. For him to say, Alhamdulillah, okay, it's fine. But someone else, for example, he's struggling in life. He's going through difficulties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put him through so much tests. وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَنَقْصٍ مِّنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ right. So for that person to say Alhamdulillah that I'm content with a little with one slice of bread that shows a lot. And then lastly the fourth point of taqwa he says that taqwa is to prepare for the journey. What journey? The journey of death. So this is taqwa in a nutshell. And in the end of the verse, he says, Allah says, and do not set up rivals unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your worship, whilst you know that he alone has the right to be worshipped. So from here we learn, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that there is no rivalry for Allah and nothing resembles Him. There is no equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this verse also we see, we see two commands. The first command, and this is the first command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will come across in the Quran. And don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about in terms of revelation. The first command in revelation was what? Was Iqra. Was read. But the first command, if you look from Surah Al-Fatiha to Surah Al-Nas, is in Surah Al-Baqarah. U'budullah. Ya yuan nas, u'budullah. O mankind, worship Allah. And then, what does Allah say? The first prohibition also in the same verse. فَلَا تَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ andada. And do not make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us the prohibition of shirk. Whether it is major shirk or whether it is minor shirk. Major shirk takes you out of the fold of Islam. Minor shirk is equivalent to a major sin. And Allah knows best. وَخَلَقَهُمْ لَهَ and Allah created them or us for this. Kama qala ta'ala. So now this ha is referring to the verse where Allah says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I did not create you, the jinn kind and mankind, except that you worship me. So Allah created everything. Allah created the man, mankind. Allah created jinn. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us intellect. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us intellect so that we are able to distinguish between the truth and falsehood. We are able to distinguish between good and bad. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us aql. If Allah never gave us aql, then malfar bayna nas wa hayawan. What is the difference between mankind and hayawan? 
Although some people, right, they act, or their brain, I don't know, right, you'll think that Allah never created them with one. Because, subhanallah, they worship anything under the sun, including the sun, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, who worships a rat? Worships a cow. But at the end of the day, Hidayah comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مِنْهُ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ And as subject, subjected to you all that is in the heavens and the earth, who has subjected this to us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is all as a favor and a kindness. Remember my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huwa al-ghani. He is free from us. He does not need us. Nahnu fuqara. We are in need of who? Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah does not need us. Allah does not need any of us. But we are all in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna fi dhalika la ayatin liqawmi yatafakkaroon. That indeed, overly, in it are signs for people who think deeply. Tafakkur, tadabbur. You need to think and you need to ponder. أَفَلَا يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ وَإِلَى السَّمَاءِ كَيْفَ رُفِعَتْ وَإِلَى الْجِبَالِ كَيْفَ نُصِبَتْ Allah says, He asked the question, أَفَلَا يَنْظُرُونَ Have you not seen how the she-camel was created? Have you not seen that how the sama is kept? Is there someone keeping the heavens on top for you as a canopy? Is there someone that picked the mountains into the earth? Is there pigs that's keeping the mountains there? Think of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And another important point that we need to add here is that the aql, the intellect, and the naql, the text, they do not contradict one another. This is important. Because under this section of aql and naql, you find that people have deviated. So on the one hand, you get the Mu'tazila. The Mu'tazila, they believe that whatever contradicts to their understanding, right? Whatever goes against their understanding from their intellect, and it may become in the form of the Qur'an, or, I mean, wait, okay, not the Qur'an rather, but more of the Sunnah, then they will reject it. So I'll just give one example. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a lengthy hadith, he explains that when a person is put in the grave, there's going to come two malaika, they're going to be blue, they're going to come blue-colored, they're going to have almost like a hammer, etc. They're going to sit in the grave. And a very long hadith where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he speaks about, and he speaks about adabu qabr in this as well. So they will say, but wait a minute. We've been to the graveyard. We've seen how big the hole is. How can angels sit there? 
So now, goes against the intellect, so they reject his ahadith. Nabi Isa has gone up to the Sama. Now, it goes against our intellect, so they reject. So this is the one that they've preferred the akal over the knuckle, over the text. Then you get the other group. They again believe that you, you mustn't use your brain at all. That only text. And again here we find, and this is the beauty of wasatiyah, of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama, is that the akal and the knuckle, they work together. Allah has given you a brain to think. But also, the text takes preference of what you think. So Allah says, وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ So the author, the next point he brings, he says, وَمَعْنَا يَعْبُدُونَ What does this word يَعْبُدُونَ mean? What does the word يَعْبُد means? Worship. So what does it mean? He says, يوحدون. It means to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the word wahid. One. يوحدون. وأعظم ما أمر الله به التوحيد. The greatest thing, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, that Allah has commanded us with is tawheed. Singling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out in worship. Imagine. The creator. Your sustainer. Your nourisher. Your cherisher. This air that you breathe is created by who? By Allah. The food that you eat. The job that you have. The house that you live in. The car that you drive. Who's, who gave you all of this? It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, maybe for the small child. Right? The child goes through a process. A child is born, maybe is one, two years old, okay. What does that child see? That child sees that mommy is giving food. Correct? Child grows a bit older. Okay. Dad's going out to work. So he buys the food. Okay, daddy's giving the food. Child grows a bit older. What does the child see now? Right? So all of us sitting here, we know that whatever we have, it is only through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So worship him. This is the right. That he's our creator, he's our sustainer. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Tawheed and Ibadah, my beloved brothers and sisters, is one and the same thing. The one explains the other. The one who only says that Allah is the creator and the nourisher has not truly believed. So now we're going to go into something which is extremely important. This is what Tawheed? Tawheed? So the ulama have divided Tawheed into three categories based on the Quran and Sunnah. And this is merely just terminology. Like for example, the ulama came up with the sciences of Tajweed. Like for example in the field of Hadith. 
هذا حديث صحيح هذا حديث ضعيف هذا حديث موضوم هذا حديث مرسل was that in the time of the prophet no right, so this is what is known as maslaha this is for the embitterment of the muslim ummah so they said that tawheed you get tawheed arububiyah this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the Rabb, He is the sustainer, He is the nourisher, He is the cherisher, He is the creator, as we will see now. Then you get Tawheed al-Uluhiyah, that all ibadah is for Allah, or also known as Tawheed al-Ibadah. This Tawheed is where the kalima comes in. La ilaha illallah, la ma'bud bihaq illallah. None has a right to be worshipped except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you get Tawheed asma wa sifat. That deals with the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what we are focusing on now is known as Tawheed Arububiyyah. So people, they say that Allah is the creator. Fine. They say that Allah is the nourisher. Is this sufficient to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to call yourself a Muslim? Yes or no? Yeah, so someone he comes and he just has Tawheed or Rububiyah. No. He must have Tawheed al-Uluhiyah as well and he must have Asmawa Sifat. So this category of Tawheed is not sufficient and we will see why. With regards to Tawheed as well, the importance of Tawheed Let's look at what Hafid al-Hakami says. He opens up one of his poems in Aqidah and he says, أَوَّلُ وَاجِبُ عَلَى الْعَبِيدِ مَعْرِفَةُ الرَّحْمَانِ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ That the first thing which is compulsory on the believer, on the slave, is مَعْرِفَةُ الرَّحْمَانِ بِالتَّوْحِيدِ Knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with what? With Tawheed, through Tawheed. And from this also we can look at the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he sends Mu'adh. Who does he send? Where and where does he send Mu'adh to? To which country? He sends Mu'adh radiyallahu anhu to Yemen. And what does he tell Mu'adh? What is the first thing you must teach the people? To fast. Yes or no? He says you teach the people to worship Allah and to know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger. Once they affirm that, that's what the hadith says. Now you teach them salah. Once they affirm salah, now you teach them so. Once they affirm so, now you teach them zakah. Once they affirm zakah, you teach them the other pillars and like that you go on. So here, this is what we say: al-aham fal-aham. The most important, followed by. The next important and the next important thing. So Tawheed is of utmost importance. So going back to Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. Right? Tawheed, or first Tawheed is to single out Allah in worship like we mentioned. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, Kul, say, O Muhammad, Ta'alaw, utlu ma harrama rabbukum alaykum, alla tushriku bihi shay'a. He says, say, O Muhammad, come. Ta'alaw, 
utluma. I will recite what your Lord has prohibited from you. And what what has Allah prohibited you from? Allah tushriku bihi shay'a. This is what Allah has prohibited you from. To join worship with Him. Not to do shirk. So know that Tawheed is not just saying that Allah is one. Right? This is important. Many of us as well, we grew up like this. We grew up with this now that Allah is the sustainer, Allah is the nourisher, Allah is the one that does and that is Jai a Muslim. Correct? Right? We've all been through that. And the point that I'm trying to get to is the next point here. That the Quraysh, they also believe this. وَلَئِنْ سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَهُمْ لَيَكُولُنَّ اللَّهِ فَأَنَّا يُؤْفَقُونَ If you were to ask them, who created them? They will say, surely it was Allah. We don't live in a Muslim country. Right? We interact with non-Muslims daily. Ask them. Who created the heavens? Who created the skies? What are they going to say? They're going to say there's a God. So don't they believe in Rububiyah as well? Right? They are ascribing that there is a Rub. But ask them about worship. So what do we see now? Now we see that you go through Mary. Go through Jesus, you go through Buddha, you go through this, right? And even the Hindus, with all the different minor gods that they have, they have one major, right? They have all these small ones lead to the main god. Is it Brahma? Right? I think it's Brahma or something to that effect. Allah. Right? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, أَمْ خُلِقُوا مِنْ غَيْرِ شَيْءٍ أَمْ هُمُ الْخَالِقُونَ أَمْ خَلَقُوا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ بَلْ لَا يُقِنُونَ Were they created by nothing? أَمْ خُلِقُوا That were they created by nothing? Or were they themselves the creators? Allah is asking the question. Who created them? And in other verses they say that Allah created them. أَمْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ بَلَّا يُوْكِنُونَ Nay, but they have no firm belief. So this is why I cannot stress the importance that we say that Tawheed is singling Allah out in ibadah and not just in Allah being the Creator. And let us look at an example. I think it was either last week or the week before. I mentioned this. That one of our teachers, Sheikh Abdul Razak Hafidullah Ta'ala, Allah protect him, he narrates a story of himself sitting in Masjid al-Nabawi and a person sitting next to him and the person he makes salah etc. And afterwards... He makes dua and he calls on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And then the Shaykh, he goes on to and he explains. And he says that the point of this story that he was bringing across is that this person, he believes in Allah. He makes salah. But when it comes to Tawheed al-Uluhiyah, this is where he lacks. Because now his ibadah, his dua, and dua is a form of ibadah. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Ad-dua huwa al-ibadah. Ad-dua is ibadah. So what does he do now? Now he dedicates his dua to another being. And not to Allah. So you see where the importance of the tawheed comes. That it's not just sufficient to say Allah is our Rabb. But that we need to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our ilah as well. That we need to believe that our ibadah is for Allah and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. As the author says, وَمَا أَعْظَمُ مَا نَهِي هو دعوة غيره معه والدليل قوله تعالى واعبد الله ولا تشركوا به شيئا and the greatest thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned against is shirk which is supplicating to others along with him the proof for this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's statement where Allah says واعبد الله and worship Allah وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا And do not mix anything in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, لَا تَجَعَلْ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرٍ فَتَقْعُدَ مَدْمُومًا مَغْذُولًا Set not up a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. O mankind. But, right, and this verse is addressed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the implication is general to all of mankind. As the ulama of tafsir, they have a rule. And this rule goes as follows. Al-ibrata bi-umum la bi-khususi sabab. Al-ibra, that the lessons are am. The lessons are general so or you will sit down reproved and forsaken Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَلَا تَجْعَلْ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرٍ فَتُلْقَى فِي جَهَنَّمَ مَلُومًا مَدْخُورًا and set not up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any other ilah lest you should be thrown into hell Blameworthy and rejected. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, and on this hadith is narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He said, I asked the Prophet, peace be upon him, what is the greatest sin in the sight of Allah? He said that you set up a rival unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, though he alone created you. I said, that is indeed a great sin. Then I asked, what is next? He said, to kill your son, lest he should share your food with you. I asked, what is next? He said, to commit illegal sexual intercourse with the wife of your neighbor. And this hadith is found in Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Hurairah, he narrates that the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, avoid 
right? Each tanibu with sabaati mubiqat. That avoid the seven destructive things. It was asked by those present, the companions. What are they, O Messenger of Allah? He replied, associating anyone or anything with Allah in worship, practicing sorcery, magic, right? Sihr, black magic, is one of the major sins. Killing of someone without a just cause, whom Allah has forbidden. Devouring the property of an orphan. Eating of usury, yani riba. Fleeing from the battlefield and slandering chaste women who never even think of anything touching chastity and are good believers. Again, Bukhari and Muslim. So here we can see, my beloved brothers, of the verses that are quoted. And as Ibn Qayyim, he says that the whole Quran from Surah Al-Fatiha till Surah Al-Nas is filled with Tawheed. I just gave you one or two verses. Then the author, he says, وَهُوَ دَعْوَةُ غَيْرُ مَعَهُ This is the definition of shirk. That it is دَعْوَةُ غَيْرُ مَعَهُ To call other someone else with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَالدَّلِيلُ قَوْلُ تَعَالَى And the dalil is وَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ Worship Allah وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا this is where he got his definition of shirk. وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا And do not ascribe or to mix بِهِ شَيْئًا With anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I made a point here that many people worry about all types of other sins. But they forgot the main and the major sin, which is shirk. Now, don't get me wrong. Right? All sins is sin. But as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَيْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ That indeed, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ That Allah will not forgive someone when he commits shirk. But he will forgive anything else. And never look at sin as small as and big. As the author says, Right, he says, don't think of sin as big and small. Right, and then he says, Because indeed and verily the mountain, they are made up of what? The mountains are made up of small people. So, small today, small tomorrow, small, small, what happens? Ends up getting big. Right? So, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us. But you find this today. Again, some of these groups that I spoke about. Right? Why do you want to call the people to Tawheed? That's all that you people speak about. That's all that you talk. You talk about Tawheed, you talk about Shir. You talk about Tawheed, you talk about Bid'ah. But at the end of the day, as Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, as he said, that nothing will rectify the latter of this ummah except that which rectified the first of the ummah. And what rectified the companions? What did Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teach for 13 years in Makkah before he made hijrah? What did he teach? Tawheed. 
Look at the verses of Quran. Look at the verses that is known as the Makkah Surah or the Makkah verses. What will you find in them? You're not going to find Ahkam. You're going to find Tawheed. You're going to find worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I give you an exercise. Go home. Don't take my word for this. Go look at the Quran. Look at the verses that are and the surah that are Makkah surahs. And compare them to the Madani surahs and you see the difference. So this is our call. This is why we are there. This is what we call to. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the author, he ends this, the third treatise with a verse and he says, وَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَلَا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا That worship Allah and join none with him in worship. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.